Welcome back to the Run Alive podcast. This is the first of what we're calling the Run Alive intervals, just short episodes that lift what we see as a key highlight or learning from each of our longer episodes so that it might whet your appetite or maybe remind you of what you've already listened to and inspire you for the week ahead. They'll all be short, 10 to 15 minutes or so, and we start this week with Beth Potter. Here's what we've got coming up. I just, I like challenging myself. I like setting new targets. And for me, because I was a novice in triathlon, you know, I could see big improvements every week. I mean, even every day. So it was... It was exciting for me because I could take, and I, I, I'm even excited about next season because, you know, I know my biking is going to get better. So, mm. like, as long as I put the work in and do what I've been doing, I know mm. I'll be stronger next year and I'll be able to run off that bike better and I'll be quicker and I'll be faster. But just before we dive back into it, we're immensely grateful that we've had the opportunity this season to get some sponsorship, especially as it's from someone we can wholeheartedly endorse. This season's sponsor is Run Unbound, and you might remember our interview with James Riley, the owner and coach from Season 1, Episode 5. James is here to talk about Run Unbound and why he's sponsoring the podcast. So, James, welcome back. Uh, Tell us about Run Unbound and what sets it apart. Well, thanks for having me back, Gary. Look, running changed my life, and I find Run Unbound to share my passion with the world, if that isn't too grand. Um... Everyone is different. And with Run Unbound, what I want to do is work really closely with runners to provide something that's genuinely personal in terms of coaching to help them achieve their goals. And I want to make people have a sustainable running habit that's actually fun. You know, collaborations at the heart of this. And I work with the lovely humans I coach to build a plan that suits them, their lifestyle and their aspirations. And look, that can be anything from improving your 5K time to running the Dragon's Back race. Oh, and I can vouch for James's coaching being truly personal because he's my coach. And I've witnessed, to, uh, witnessed his dedication and understanding of each athlete individually. And that really is what makes Run and Bound stand out. As James said, it's, it's not just about a program, it's about tailoring it to you and In my case, that's meant uh, putting in more cycles instead of runs to help me with a few niggles. It also meant being entirely flexible to write me some training for a duathlon when I suddenly threw that on him instead of just my normal running challenges. So what the other thing I really love about uh, Run Unbound and the crew is the community. You get to be part of this wonderful, diverse and supportive community because James coaches a wide variety of runners, triathletes and even skate marathoners. So I really do recommend him. James, what is it about this podcast that has made you want to support us for this season? comes back to collaboration ed you know we're better working together you know run unbound and run alive are two sort of running startups and what i really like about run Unlive is the stories you help your guests tell about how running changed their life and you know that's what run run unbound is really about it's about personalized training support and the collaboration to bring joy to people's lives through running that's fantastic that's so good to hear james 
Uh, thank you for being our sponsor. Thank you for being our partner. Thank you to Run Unbound for uh, working with us on this season. And I would endorse what Ed said as well. If you're looking for uh, a supportive, knowledgeable and encouraging coach, then reach out to James. You can check out, uh, find him at Run Unbound and the web address is www.rununbound.com. So let's jump right in now and hear again from Beth Potter when we spoke to her about her transition from the track to triathlon and the challenges she faced and how she went about going from triathlon novice to world champion. I just needed to do something different and I kind of in my head gave myself two years to sort of see where I was at and if it was if I if there was any glimmer of hope I knew it was probably going to take something like four or five years to properly be successful you know good things don't happen overnight and I'd never ridden a bike before so I knew that it was going to take time and I'm not the most patient of people but I kind of committed and signed up to two years initially and once you know I'd already won the European champs at that stage I was like okay I really need to give this a proper go and and it it sort of uh, fell in line with when my sister was finishing her medical medical degree in Sheffield. So I thought, well, if it's if I'm not, you know, making a living out of this and successful by the time she's finished her medical degree, then and I I don't think it'll be for me at that stage. So luckily, I got there first. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think yeah, I think I think it's been. Uh, different journey to most people um but I've I've learned a lot along the way and it's you know I've been able to use things from my running you know my running days and even my teaching days to help me on the journey and also I think it makes me it's made me the athlete I am today because it's it's been testing it's been it's not been easy it's been tough and I think it's quite easy for people just to throw the towel in when things get a little bit tough but um, I, I hope it's a testament to how I um, not behave, but I mean, um, race on the race course. Like I hope it, it mm. kind of shows like what kind of person I am um, and that I don't, I don't quit and I don't give things up easily. So I, I like, I'd like to have that um, sort of, um, I like people to think that about me. You, you said, um, you said just then, I'll come back to the, the journey in a little bit, but you said, um, you were able to use things from your running days, but also your teaching days. That sounds really interesting to me. What 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 kind of things are those? Uh, well, I guess um, planning is a big thing with teaching. So just being able mm. to, um, you know, have a plan for the season and stick to yeah. it, um, even if other people don't think it's necessarily the right plan, but you do. So I think that's been key. And just, um, I think time management's a really really important one as well just um you know you've got three four sessions to do in a day uh, and there's a lot going on and you, you need to prioritize a nap so how you know how do you best get in that just just things like that or you know if I'm I've got the the dog and I need to take him out for a a, a walk as well like how am I going to fit that into my day so um and even things like meal planning like it's there's a lot of training and you're often tired so mm -hmm. just making sure you have stuff ready to eat as soon as you come in the door um I think a resilience as well mm. um you know it's tough being a secondary school teacher and mm. you know like 
kids aren't the easiest to deal with sometimes. And you know, I wondered when you were going to mention the kids. That yeah. had to be part of this, right? <laughs> um, and just trying to hold it together. Yeah, just trying to hold it together and and not get upset if someone said something to you that that could mm. hurt you. You know, trying to brush it off like water off a duck's back. Um, and I think, yeah, well, I think those are the three main mm. learnings really that teachings helped me. And yeah, mm. there'll be people, well, potentially people from the Teach First program and other things going. This is it. This is Beth. This is exactly it. this is why people should teach before they go and do other stuff. It teaches well, you think, amazing things. I think there's a lot of cross curricular stuff as well. Like, you know, lots of stuff carry over. You know that you can take into uh, my running, and my running takes over to my triathlon and or my teaching. You know, I think those are like really valuable life lessons that that were, um, you know, that I learned through through running really, um, and that's you know put me in good stead for hopefully the rest of my life. Yeah, Beth, you said something just before we started recording that I f- that that kind of shocked me, which is you. S- there were people, sort of in your environment, who sort of indicated to you, or maybe even said directly to you, "Oh, I don't think you'll make it. Like this is this is either too tough, or this might be hard." Or you picked that those sort of messages up from the environment. Did did people kind of say to you like you're you're crazy, this isn't going to work, or, and if they did, what on earth do you do with that sort of I think stuff? I know, I think, well, first of all, I think they were like a core group of people that, you know, that encouraged me to come to Leeds and, you know, they've backed me from day one. So I think they're also mm. really important and mm. their opinions and their belief in me has kept me going. Um, and, you know, some of these people are my coaches, some are my training partners, who are now very, very close friends. So I think, yeah, they trying not to take away from the negative, but I always tend to cling yeah. cling to the negative. So there are there were a lot of positive people, mainly in, in my corner, who I'm still working with today and are a great team of people. But yeah, I think those negative voices uh, used to creep in just from, <clears throat> you know, people who were I went I wasn't that close with or um who felt like their opinion was important to me, you know. Um, but I think the key thing is to try, even if you, you can't fully believe in yourself, is to try and back yourself. And I always find getting a piece of paper and a pen and just writing down the kind of pros and cons and, and seeing it there out, out in a bit of paper actually helps me. Um, and just always... One thing I'm actually really good at is maybe not initially believing in myself, but then going in my head and talking myself back into mm. why why it's the right thing to do. So I'm quite good at that, even though I have these negative th- mm. thoughts that creep in. I'm quite good at sort of talking myself out of those negative thoughts. Yeah. And yeah. it's weird. Like I, I've worked on it a lot with um, my psychologist, Stacey. So it's, yeah, it's something that's been a work in progress for years, but... I think I actually am quite good at then talking myself back into being positive. <laughs> mm. What was it like uh, to, what were the biggest challenges uh, to making that, that switch um, from the track to triathlon? I think one thing was I wasn't, I didn't have an income. I didn't have any sponsors at the time. I'd obviously mm. just left a job at teaching. Um, so I think the, kind of the constant worry of having no money that was quite stressful um 
yeah just because you know getting to races was difficult and equipment was difficult you know it's triathlon's not the, it's an expensive sport the cheapest yeah. sport <laughs> it is, it is. Yep. so having like kit. yeah yeah yep. and i think for my first two seasons i actually raced on my training wheels because i didn't have enough money to buy them mm. and no one no one gave me any so yeah it was difficult and yeah i think you know when i first Obviously, I left a comfort zone where I was good at running. I I knew what the training was. I had a job to go to and wake up every day. And then I came to triathlon and I hadn't swum for eight years. I'd never ridden a bike. And then every time I went to run, I was so tired from doing the swimming and the, the biking that my running kind of suffered because I couldn't run the same times as I was running on the track because I was really tired. So I think that was really difficult, you know, turning up to training all the time and you know, I went into an Olympic performance squad and I'd never done a triathlon before. So it was, it was very difficult. And I was race, I was training with all these guys that, you know, had won junior champs and were moving up to senior level or, you know, world champions, Olympic medalists. So yeah, I think, um, that was really, sorry about that. Um, that was really difficult to, um, to sort of, come to terms with that I you know I wasn't very good at swimming I was getting lapped in the pool I was getting dropped on the bike and then I couldn't even keep up up on the run so it was just really hard and I found it really demoralizing Mm. to be honest all the time like there was nothing I was good at yeah so how did you have the self-belief because you you had just like you'd left you know being high performance in your running and you'd quit your job uh yeah but and you suddenly found yourself thrown into the deep end as it were <laughs> and not very good at it <laughs> i know i know i was living with johnny brownlee as well at the time of course, and, sure of course yeah, he very very nicely <laughs> picked me up so that was that was really good but i was you know sitting watching him go out for more training and i was like how mm. how <laughs> how are you doing more training today you've you've done like three hours in the bike why why are we doing more training so i just uh, it was a it was eye-opening mm. to see like how hard he trained and what what it was going to take. I just was like, I'm never going to get there. Mm. I can't even do I can't even do five swims at the moment because I get to Thursday and I have no arms left. <laughs> um, it was just so tough, and yeah, I just I never thought I'd get there, and it just it just took time, mm. and I can do it now, <laughs> and I don't find it that hard. It just takes time, and now, now I'm telling training partners, you just need another winter. Mm. You'll be fine. You just need to, you just need to get your head down. You'll just need one more winter. Um, it's going to be tough, but you just need to get out in the bike and do another three year ride. And I, was like, I couldn't do that. <laughs> so, and, but, so, what what was the fuel that you were running on though in that period? Something was fueling that, and what I mean, what was it? I just I like challenging myself. I like setting new targets and. For me, because I was a novice in triathlon, you know, I could see big improvements every week. I mean, even every day. Mm. So it was, it, it was exciting for me because I could take, and I, I, I'm even excited about next season because, you know, I know my biking is going to get better. So mm. like, as long as I put the work in and do what I've been doing, I know mm. I'll be stronger next year and I'll be able to run off that bike better and I'll be quicker and I'll be faster. So that's for me exciting um you know as long as I stay in one piece but uh yeah I think part of it was just you know getting 
getting better all the time and challenging my challenging myself at something I'd never done before. Um, yeah, and I, it was just a new. It was just it was just a breath of fresh air to be honest. When I needed something else to focus on. If you're inspired by that small snippet of our conversation with Beth, go and check out the longer episode, which is available on your podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on social media at run underscore alive on Instagram, the run alive podcast on LinkedIn or at run alive pod on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. We would love to know what you think. (laughs) 